Welcome back to the Always Aggressive Podcast. Corey Palm, Tanner Lipset, and uh, head coach Tony Ursland uh, coming to you on, uh, well, for a lot of folks, this is, uh, this is, is like Christmas morning. It is uh, National Signing Day. and Best day of the year. There you go. Months and months, sometimes years of hard work pay off today. And uh, let's let's get right to it. Small class this year, coach, but uh, but hopefully an impactful one. Yeah, I know it's great. Um, you know, with clock extension, right? Still with COVID and everybody getting another year, and we've documented that pretty well with Max and uh, and and um, you know, Evan coming back. Our needs were smaller for sure, um, but we're happy with who we got. Uh, we got a young man uh, out of Evansville, modern day uh, Brody Bowman, uh, undefeated state champ last year and backed it up with a tremendous summer here. Um, you know, uh, top five at Fargo at 170 pounds, uh, was actually undefeated last year, as I said, at 160. So he's got some length, he's got some athleticism, and he probably figures into 174, 184 for us in the future. We expect him to continue to fill out, but, uh, but yeah, just a, another super sharp, bright kid, hardworking, uh, talented kid that I think fits us really well and gives us what we need within our lineup. Tony, we talked a lot, you know, we talk a lot about recruiting, obviously in the office, you know, every day. Yeah. And uh, as we approached this class of 22, and as we kind of went through the, went through the, the routine of, you know, we had visits, we had calls, we had home visits. Um, we kept getting back to one consistent theme. Like we got to get Brody. Home. We got to get Brody. Brody is, Brody is the linchpin to this. Everything after that is details. Yep. And so to get Brody locked in and to get him to commit and to get the ink on the page. Like, what does that mean for the future of the program? Well, it, it serves a couple things, right? Like you get a great kid who fits uh, what you're about, right? Like we really believe that. I mean, first and foremost, you need a kid who really fits in with the culture of your team and what you're trying to do. You know what I mean? And then the, the second thing is, is weight class needs again is, is a very big deal, right? And, and standing talent coming out of this state uh, this year and the next few years. And so to get one of those guys uh, really has us excited. So again, that 74, 84 um, range, it, it was big, you know, especially with some of the talent sticking around when we talk about everybody getting extra years, uh, needs were smaller. So to, to fill the need and to have the kid who fits exactly what you want was was really important to us um we you talked about this a little bit and i kind of want to go expound on this a little bit um brody is you know in addition to being a great wrestler which obviously is the name of the game that's what you know gets the money in our bank accounts at the end of the day like that that's that's what we're we're, you know we got to produce on the mat but um brody checks a lot of boxes elsewhere um, we, we had a, you know, I think I thought our, our recruitment of Brody and our, our getting to know him and his family, uh, was a fantastic experience. And, um, I mean, you gotta be really excited about again, a young man who is, who, you know, fits our culture, excels yep. in the classroom, um, and, and really can get it done on the mat all, all, all in one package. Yeah. And, and the other thing too, right. He's, he's an in-state guy, you know, those <clears throat> goals, you know, and it's tough to do to keep your, your best in-state kids always here because there's a lot of good kids coming out, but that's that's a that's a, an important piece. So you keep a kid at home, 
comes out of a very strong program, right? Like historically, you look at what modern day has done. Um, you know, they've done a lot of winning, so that's great. Mauer Coughlin Wrestling Club, you know what I mean? Um, another club that has turned out a lot of really good kids, have a lot of respect for how they work with their young men uh, and women down there, you know what I mean? Like how they do things within their club. So again, there's just a lot of things that we really value. You know, a lot of people look at, you know, maybe just the winning, you know, and, and, and that's, and that's all it is, but you've got to find people who really fit your needs and your culture, because you want to keep adding to that culture. You know, you get guys who don't believe in the same things and, and things can go sideways really quick, no matter what the talent is. And so I feel really good that, uh, you know, with Brody, that we've, we've got a guy who checks a lot of really strong boxes for us. And we're just excited to get him in the room next year. A uh, former teammate of McCartney Parkinson, who is obviously yep. who has done well in his first year and in, in the program. I know uh, I know Brody's excited to, to be back with McCartney in the room. Um, another fun connection. Uh, you know, you talked about a couple of Brody's excellent performances. Uh, Brody uh, took second at the Central Regional Freestyle Championships, um, losing in the finals to his future teammate Stony Buell um, in a barn burner 11-10. Uh, so, uh, in addition to going in and winning the Greco bracket at that, uh, at that event as well. So, um, Brody's got some fun connections there. And, um, as we've kind of alluded to, I think he's going to be a great asset to the team and to the room. Yeah, there's no doubt. Um, it, it really helps. As you mentioned, Stoney, like, you, you know, you try to put your lineup together for the next few years, you know, Stoney, you know, if you guys look at body types, he's a lighter guy. He's probably more 57, 165. And again, we've mentioned Brody's probably 74, 84 as he fills out and grows. So uh, it does, it bodes well for where we're at, especially when you look at last year's lineup, you know, um, Ben Venadia coming in, you know, Ben's going to be here to help us out. Tom Panola around for three years. So again, it just solidifies uh, a strong lineup for us. And that's what really what we were trying to get done this year with, with smaller needs. I say you, you, you mentioned the smaller needs again, and that's kind of where I was going to go. Um, there's been a lot of conversation about the COVID waivers and how um, it's going to affect recruiting for, for years. Um, and yep. we have definitely seen it on our books and with our kids and with our room. Um, <clears throat> we're in a bit of a weird place right now because uh, when you look up and down the roster, we're young, but we're also experienced. And yep. so, you know, we're, we're only, you know, we're only going to have a couple guys. We're only going to lose a couple guys after this year. Um, and so, like you said, the needs were smaller and, and, you know, we brought in, uh, we brought in Hayden Kopass, you know, he's going to join us this semester. Yep. Um, so that, that fills, that fills a need there. And then you got Brody's filling the need. And so um, how has the COVID waiver and the, the, the smaller needs, how has that affected your approach to all of this? I think it really forces you to plan further out, you know, um, from where you're at. So it comes down to looking at those, not just the junior class, but the sophomore class and even the freshman class now, because as you said, these years, they just drag out. It wasn't a one year. All these guys all got the extension, you know, everybody at sophomores, freshmen got extensions. So it really forces you to look even further out about what your lineup's going to be. And, and that of course is, Tough, right like who knows in four years what some of these guys where they're going to be and want to do but you've got a plan for it and that's what we're trying to do right we were happy to be able to bring Devin and Max back 
you know, with good strong money situations, but that of course chops into your aid and how you want to use your aid. So I'm really looking at, you know, years down the road more than ever before. Uh, and we do, we have a, we have a junior commit on the board already. Of course, rules prevent us from, from saying that is, so we'll respect that. But that it's, it's really where we've gone in recruiting, right? You're looking down the road even further before, and you're really hustling on those, uh, those younger classes. Yeah, you talk about the 2023 commits, and you talk, I mean, I don't remember, I mean, obviously, you know, we've only been able to talk to juniors for a few years now, um, but I feel like things are moving faster than ever before. And mm -hmm. more, more 2023 big boarders are committed at this point than I yep. can ever remember or ever. You know, we've even got some 2024s committed, which is weird yeah. since you can't talk to them or offer them scholarships. I, I, that's kind of strange to me. Yeah, but, um, that's, that's a whole nother discussion where kids can commit before you're technically even allowed to talk to them or offer them aid. How that gets done, I'm not sure either. But that, but that's that's a discussion for another day. Right. That's that's the, the those decisions can be left to people who are wiser than us. Um, but it's uh, wiser than us. <laughs> fair point, Corey. They're more powerful than us. <laughs> fair. Um, yeah, it's it's just been interesting to me to see how accelerated everything's become, and yep. and I think the hardest part about that that you brought up is is you don't know what kids are going to be. And I think it's even more interesting to wrestling than it is some other sports because it's like, let's basketball. Obviously that's my deal, right? You recruit a kid in basketball and they like, and they grow, like that's a good thing, you know, cause you're recruiting the skill set. you're recruiting, you know, and especially cause the game, that game is becoming more positionless. Right. And so you get a kid that's six foot four and you recruit him and you're like, awesome. And then all of a sudden he hits a growth spurt and he's six foot eight. And you're like, Oh, even better. Like, this is great. Like, this is a good thing with wrestling. If you go recruit a kid to be a 125 pounder and he hits a growth spurt and he's 149 pounder, like that blows everything up. Yeah, you don't need that. Like it's a, yeah, especially with only 9.9 .9 scholarships, <laughs> from, you know, your 10 weights. Um, and, and I'll tell you for me, even it's, uh, uh, a little scary for a guy like me because uh, I value as most people are probably, if you've listened to this, the, the relationship piece, and that takes time. Like I'm not ready to hop on a phone, talk to you once, throw you an offer and let's get this done because you know, I really feel like I want to get to know you, make sure this is a great fit. You're on the same page as us. And that's important to us. And we value that. And as you said, now, man, you've got kids coming off the board fast. Like it's really fast and made a visit or hardly done anything. We're making decisions. And so for a guy like me to want to move that fast is, is not the way I would like to go about this process. So uh, again, you know, it'll be us adjusting and, and, and finding creative ways to get to know these kids more than ever before camps, clinics, you know, RTC, you know, things, right. There's all these, there's other ways of getting this done. Um, to, to get the relationship piece done. And that's where we'll hustle and we'll work in the future. But no doubt to me, boy, it's, it's a different world where kids may, you know, as a sophomore say, hey, I'm going here. And you don't even know what it is. You know, you think, you know, a lot of kids think they know what it is, but you don't really know what it is. And so this will be interesting to see where, where it really goes in the future. Another thing, let me jump in here. Another thing that seems to be changing, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, in the sport is, you know, it used to be kind of 
a largely unwritten rule that you came in, you redshirted because you needed that year to develop. You needed that year to, to, to fill out physically, to mature mentally, to, to refine your skill set. That ain't the case anymore either. We've got more true freshmen competing who are coming in ready to compete at this level. We've got more, you know, uh, uh, high school kids competing in college opens. You've got, you know, eighth graders going deep at these national high school events. Like, it's just, it's all spinning so forward so fast, it seems like. Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, uh, you know, it's like anything. The world, the world's changing. Recruiting's changing. Development of these kids with access. Everything is, I guess, to use your words, it's it's moving fast, and you got to be ready to move fast too. Um, the the thing for me is to find a way to have that relationship piece and feel good about who they are, because that's the thing as a coach. What you worry about is you you uh, end up with young people in your program who don't identify or feel the same about competing, training, uh, academics, right? Like those things are all very important to the experience that they have at your school and you gotta be on the same page. And that's truly what I've always valued and felt like you have success with. Those are the, the things that last, yeah. if you will. So finding ways to build that and still put these kids in a position to make decisions sooner than ever before is gonna be part of it. Yeah, Corey, it's crazy you mentioned the, you know, the high school kids and. I mean, we, you know, obviously can't mention them by name, but we had two high school kids win college opens at their weights this, this last weekend. Kids are senior in high school. They're, they're signing their NLIs today. Didn't um, even know that was a thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that they, two, two guys, uh, one of which we, we knew and recruited and, and liked a whole lot, but, um, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's, uh, it's crazy how fast it's moving. And, and like, you know, you mentioned the eighth graders going, you know, and you, competing in the high school division at super 32 and, and all that stuff. So it's, uh, it's interesting. And um, it's going to be, I think it's going to be a few more years, you know, you, you talk about the COVID waivers and, and I think we're probably going to get probably two to three more recruiting classes before things kind of like settle back out and, and, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it'll never be the same again. I have no idea, but I, I, I do know that, there, there has been an impact and uh, it'll be interesting to see how it all sorts out after, as time goes by. There's no doubt. And then you tie in, right. You can't get away from uh, the name image likeness piece. I mean, there's so many different ways to work around this now or to try to work around, you know, we'll see what comes of it. Right. As you said, who knows if it'll ever be the same because, you know, for us, the immediacy is, okay, how do we have athletic aid for guys like Max and Devin? NIL wasn't a thing yet. So you had to find that aid and, and, and plan for it. And you went through that process. Well, now NIL is a thing. And so you stack aid as well, right? You have academic aid. Kids could qualify. Need-based aid. Use your athletic aid to tie, tie uh, NIL to this. Even though I can't deal in that for those, those people out there understand a coach cannot arrange or secure you know, NIL stuff for, for these young men or women. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see how this is impactful for, for these kids coming out too, because I'm sure it will be, it's going to be a factor. You already have kids asking questions like that, right? That, and that's, that's kind of an interesting deal where that's already gone, where kids can ask that question. And the answer has to be, Hey, we can't do anything for you, but you can explore these things for yourself and go down this road and you can help navigate and educate them. 
But those questions are already being asked by by young people. And, and yeah, and it's not just coaches. Go ahead, T. No, it's not just coaches. Nobody from the university. Right. Nobody involved with the university is allowed to touch NIL. And uh, and it's uh, and, and it's the Wild West right now. I know that, you know, Willie Saylor has gone on record and said a lot of things about it. And, and uh, some other some other people in the wrestling community have very strong feelings on the subject. But the reality is, is the schools, the schools aren't supposed to have any sort of uh, involvement in, in that stuff. And but but it's the Wild West and and we're just not sure what's going on. Yeah, we've also got the reality of the fact that the largest NIL deal signed to date is a college wrestler. You know, not sure everybody's is. Gable Stevenson, but it's the sport. Yeah. So it makes sense that that these kids are going to be like, hey, you know, if he can get that, you know, what what is there out there for me? I, I totally get it. You can't blame sure. can't blame that at all. It, it's it's going to be interesting. Yeah. And I think where I land, and then Tanner and I know have talked about this often, um, is uh, it's going to take uh, a few years just to see how it shakes out. Because as you just said, Corey, you know, you had Gable secure what he did, and that's great. I mean, I'm 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 super happy. But now, was that the one thing over the last five years where that's going to be the case? You know, was he the you know the aberration, I guess, of that, or is this going to be the norm? You know, I don't know, and time will tell us what's possible for these young men. And then we'll all have a better, better handle on it about what's really out there and what people can expect. Because right now, man, I don't know if you know what to expect. I mean, he, he won the Olympics, you know, in collegiate, you know, uh, you know, when the same year he was in college in an Olympic year, like the, 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 it all lined up very well for him, you know, is again, is that going to be the norm? You know, is that going to be, Hey, you know, this, this isn't really what it is, you know, five years down the road. I think it's going to be fascinating to sit and watch and see where this thing really goes as far as wrestling is concerned. Definitely. And I could see it, you know, wrestling is also a a sport that doesn't have an established professional league like pro football, pro baseball, uh, pro basketball, pro soccer, pro hockey. Pro wrestling is completely different. So therefore, it's kind of like it's a different sandbox. And that gives them a little more flexibility. So, you know, it might be something, you're right, it, Tony, it might be a one-off, he's a generational talent, and that's it. But it might not be. And, mm-hmm. and you know, time will tell. Yep. Yeah, That's and that's what fascinates me. I just want to sit and see where this goes the next few years, what really is possible for these people. That Then you'll mm-hmm. have a great idea um, of, of advising people and, and what's really there for them and what they can expect, right, to make – for this or that, like those things are all going to be possible, man. Right now he caught, you know, he caught his deal, which people say is a million. I'm sure it's well over that, you know, in terms of what he's doing total. So, but what is everybody else doing as well? Right. What, what is the, what is the norm for these, uh, for these young people? And, uh, you know, what is their value? You know, knowing that will be the key. And right now it's just too early to know what, what the value really is in my opinion. Yes. Uh, we digress. We do that often. That's okay. That's what, that's what podcasts are for. That's what it's Somehow for. Somehow we got name image like is really rolled into recruiting. <laughs> I think it's it's a part of it now to say it's for sure. Is, uh, is you got your head in the sand. Yep. <clears throat> yeah. Well, uh, congratulations again to Brody. Uh, congrats. Uh, we're we're really excited to have you here, buddy. Um, big yep. day for you and and your family. And so welcome. Uh, 
Welcome to the Boilermakers. Um, this last weekend, uh, we we did a thing. We we started. Uh, we officially started the 2021-22 season. A couple of dual wins out on the East Coast. Uh, Boilermakers went out, opened at Drexel, came away with a 28 to 19 win over the Dragons, um, and then followed up with a 33 to three win at Ryder. Uh, scooted up the road about 45 minutes. Uh, to Lawrenceville, New Jersey, and and uh, and got a win up there. So, um, coach, some overall takeaways from from the weekend and our our first uh, our first bite at competition for the season. Yeah, um, for those that didn't follow the duel against Drexel, that was a wild duel. You know, that was uh, it, it was interesting. We got out to an early lead. I don't remember what it exactly was. Might have been fourteen zero. Fourteen zero. Very strong start. And then, man, it got real tight real quick with just situations, right? We had, we unfortunately, had an injury default. Um, we had a, a fall, right? We got thrown and pinned. And so in two weights, we gave up 12 points. Really kind of let them back in before shutting the door by winning the final, the final three matches as well. So that one was a bit of a, a roller coaster ride, especially, as I said, giving up you know, 12 points and two weights there through one, unfortunately, like I said, injury default and the other one getting thrown. Um, so, but I told the guys, you know, that's why you come to college. Like that's fun. You know, that was fun. That got your heart rate going. We were competing. Um, yeah, we made mistakes, right? It's the first weekend of the year. You're gonna, you're gonna make some mistakes. You know, you're not striving for perfection here the first weekend, you know, it's, it's the process to get to March. And so overall a solid start. And I was happy with the effort. The kids competed. So even when we made some mistakes, maybe in tactical areas, I didn't feel like it wasn't because we weren't engaged in competing and, and working out there, you know, for their teammates and themselves. So I was happy with the effort uh, overall. Um, we had some guys, I will say, we had some guys trying some things too. I've got some older guys who have been really working some skill sets and they were out trying some things that isn't their normal bread and butter, right? Working on some new ways to score and some different positions. And so that that's going to be a work in progress too. But but overall, um, a, a solid start to this team. Um, and I don't know if you want me to talk Ryder as much too, but I guess the thing there is what I was happy about is you know we were behind in a couple of matches and really ran opponents down. Like you know uh, uh, Matt Ramos was in a position where man he had to score twice there in the third period, and, and he was coming on strong. He wasn't going to be denied got a couple takedowns, got it to OT, and then actually got the fall in OT. So when you're closing matches in that way, um, you know, that excites you. You know, you got guys who are competing hard and, and, and are gritty and tough, and that's kind of the, the identity of our team, especially to go along with, with talent like Ramos has. And then I thought uh, Parker uh, Phileas, you know, uh, ran a guy down again. And, and, you know, people who aren't familiar, you look – that Quinn Kenner was an Ohio State kid, uh, highly respected kid come, coming out of high school, you know, changed locations with Ohio State, but he's a talented kid. And again, for Parker to come in and, and to, uh, to really be that gritty, tough late in a match to get it done, um, you know, says a lot against a talent like, like Kenner. So uh, some good things to build on overall. Certainly not perfect, but, but a, um, a very solid foundation and, and tone we've set ourselves and how we're going to compete this year. Uh, before jumping into some of the individual performances, um, wanted to talk about 
the decision to to pack the team up and and go to a couple of road duels um, as opposed to you know we usually go take the team to you know an open tournament start the season get that two hour way in get to you know get a lot of guys a lot of matches shake the rust off so on and so forth um <clears throat> you know we all we audibled and and chose to uh to take the guys on the road into uh what turned out to be some some hostile environments uh mm-hmm. both you know, hats off to, to Drexel and Ryder. Uh, they packed their gyms. They, they, uh, it was loud. It was rowdy. Uh, you know, it was, it was a lot of fun, both, both places. It was great to have fans back in the stands. And even if they were cheering against us, it was a, uh, it was a good time. Yeah. I think, you know, wrestling in those environments, especially early serve you well late, you know, there's some good tests. Drexel's got a nice little team there. Coach Azevedo uh, <laughs> job. Those, and those guys were ready. You know, especially they, they, they were ready to go. You know what I mean? That, you know, you could tell they were up even in warmups, they were, they were getting ready to throw everything they had at us. And so they've got a nice little team. Um, I think those experiences serve you well, you know, you've got to have some, some tough conditions, wrestling two matches in the day and traveling one hour away and right out of the gates. You know, those are all, again, experiences that will pay you back at the end of the year and that I hope, you know, our kids understand that and they will draw on that as they move through the rest of their season, especially as we get into the Big Ten. Um, two guys that particularly I would like to highlight um, and, and talk a little about. Let's let's start with uh, Matt Ramos. Um, you know, I don't know how many people realize this or thought about it. Um, we talked about it. Saturday were his first two freestyle match or excuse me, folk style matches since 2019. Uh, the kid hadn't wrestled a folk style match since his senior year of high school at Lockport. Um, and, uh, you know, hurt his first year, uh, took the Olympic year, his second year, did a lot of freestyle there and, uh, and was as entertaining as anybody out there on the mat. The kid is a, uh, the kid's a highlight reel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dynamic talent, right. To be sure. Um, the exciting thing for him is he wrestles from a lot of different positions. Okay. You know, he's capable of, you know, defensively upper body, he can attack low, right? Like he's got, he can wrestle from a lot of positions and I'm, and I'm excited about how he's picking up some of the top stuff, you know, working with coach shop, he's already looking like he's getting proficient there um from from top and and we're just going to keep hammering the mat away with him you know he's come a long ways already uh and as i said he's comfortable from a lot of places so just getting his feel from uh top and bottom uh between now and march will will be important for him um came out with the tech fall went 18 to 3 um in his opener at drexel came back like you alluded to uh dug out of an early hole against uh a ranked kid and a returning national qualifier and Richie Kohler out at Ryder and uh, not only got the win in overtime, but got the fall in overtime. And uh, I thought that was uh, big for the team and exciting for the team. And, and I think that really got kind of the engines going for, for the squad. Yeah. Uh, we, I think I've probably said this before, like he's just, uh, he's such a great kid because he's just happy. You know, like his energy is so good. And even on meet day, those are great things. Oh, that he has the right attitude about competing. You know, he's out there, he's loose, he's wrestling hard, but uh, but he's gonna throw what he's got at you. And that makes him dangerous. And, and so I really appreciate that about uh about Matt and, and look forward to it because I think that's uh great for the team as well. 
you know, yeah, he's a young guy, but he's competed on the world stage. He's got some big wins. And, and so he goes out, he's going to do his thing, you know, and he looks at it, you know, you know, with, with the right kind of excitement and energy. And that's not the case for everybody, right? There's a lot of guys out there who compete and they, you know, and they get a little tight, you know I mean? They, they don't look at this with the same positive thing. Like I've got a lot of really positive things that can happen now, which is how Matt's looking at it. You know, he's looking at it like, Hey, I'm going to go out and throw all this stuff at him. I got a lot of good things that are going to happen for me when I'm out there. And, and, and again, that's how I would want all of our guys to be, you know, take that same, Hey, we train hard. We're ready. Let's throw everything we got at them. And I, I think that's a great presence to have on your team. Uh, another guy to, uh, to highlight, we'll, we'll stick with the newcomer vibe. Um, Michael Wolf made a, uh, made a nice flash. <laughs> Did he ever. His, um, <laughs> his run, I say his boilermaker debut. Uh, this is, you know, you, we talk about Ramos's layoff. Uh, Wolf hadn't competed since 2016. <laughs> his final year at the Navy Academy. Naval Academy. Um, the guy's 27 back. years old. Man. Yeah. 27 years old. Goes out, um, bumps up a weight, you know, goes and wrestles heavyweight and uh, opens up with a pair of falls um, yep. in very, in very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, explosive. Uh, no, that's not the right word. He's not explosive. Don't, no, don't he's give not. Explosive. <laughs> no, but he's exciting. Don't, he's, don't pump he, him up. he is exciting. I'll get him excited. He's dangerous. Flamboyant. <laughs> No, he's, uh, you know, you talk about another guy too, like, and I gravitate to him just not only because of the wrestling, the wrestling's one thing, right? And it's clearly tremendous. Two falls on the weekend, giving up size and weight to these guys. But again, man, a guy who has just the right, the right attitude, like, you know, when we talk about Ramos and and we got a lot of guys like this, by the way, I know I'm highlighting two newcomers that we got a lot of guys like this. So, but Man, when he goes out and competes, you know, he's great on meat day, cool as a cucumber, knows who he is. He's going to do his thing, you know, just, you know, he's just going to, he's, he's just there. Hey, he's wearing his flip-flops, right? Like my man is staring there in his shorts and flip-flops, going to the meet, smile on his face, and, and, and you know what you're going to get out of him. So I really enjoy that about him and his maturity um, that he brings as well. So I appreciate as much the, the attitude and the energy that they, they bring as what they are on the mat. And then boy, he is dangerous. I mean, he's got a different style. You know, the, he's, he's wrestled up at heavyweight for us and these big guys want to go upper body with him. And I'm telling you, that's, that's not a good thing. He knows what he's doing there. And, he's dangerous. and then if you let him get on top of anybody, you know, he, he's, he's got a funky ride. That's, that's just tough to deal with too. The people don't see very often. So again, you know, dangerous, dangerous guy, not the way I would ever wrestle. I even told him, man, I was laughing. I'm like, you know, for me, it's boy, it's, it's a little risky. You're comfortable with it. And he's just like, coach, man. He's like, I'm, I'm winning that position more times than not. I'm, I'm going to win. And he does, you know, as I watch him wrestle and I see him go, he, he wins it. So he, he ain't lying. He knows who he is and he's comfortable with it. So, so man, roll with it, you know, roll chill out. It's all good. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Dude, he's out there. At one point, I was almost getting ready to yell no out of my mouth. Like, no was on the verge of my lips. And then he took the kid through, and he's, he's on top. You know what I mean? It was, it was going to be like a 50-50 at best situation. And I'm like, ah, oh, and then he's on top. You know what I mean? So I think I'm just going to have to 
you know, sit in my chair and hang and, and wait and see how some of this stuff, you know, uh, pans out with, with Michael. But uh, again, way, I really uh, appreciate who he is as a, as a man, you know what I mean? And kind of that attitude and presence he has, man, I think uh, a lot of our young guys should be paying attention to a guy like that. You know, he's, he's got his stuff together and I don't care what your skill set is. Everybody can draw on, you know, his appreciation you know, for what he's doing. Um, I, I'll tell you a story. He, he mentioned this to me and I thought this was great and why, why it makes him very dangerous. Uh, we were down in the lobby one morning on the trip and, you know, he just, he'd won at Drexel and, and we're getting ready to go over to Ryder. I think it was. And I said, you know, Hey, you know, uh, you know, how do you feel competing now again? Right. You had your first official match, you're back, you're doing great. You know, how's that feel? And, and he said, um, you know, it's interesting to me, coach. I don't have like the love hate relationship with the sport right now that I may have had at times, you know what I mean? Um, you know, he's like, it's just all good. I'm back here after, you know, you know, the guy's a Navy SEAL. So I can only imagine some of the things he's been through and had to do. Right. So, so his appreciation for that, the moment and what he's doing is, is really high and it makes it very positive. And, and I don't mean like love, hate, like it's wrestling was a totally negative for him. That's not how I meant it but we all know how hard this sport is and the moments there's highs and lows. And I think he's in such a good place with it because he now has this opportunity again, right. To chase a dream that hadn't been there for several years. So, man, I, I think that perspective again is, is, is fantastic for, for young people. Um, you know, you, you brought up, you said the word comfort and that kind of like triggered for me. It's uh, it's very interesting that, both Ramos and Wolf are, they seem to be very comfortable being uncomfortable. They get into positions that, like you said, you look at and you're like, I wouldn't do that. Nope, nope, that's not for me. Um, but then they, they come out on top. They, they find a way. They, and, and I've even, you know, I heard Ramos talking to you in your office the other day about like, yeah, I'm really comfortable there. I know it doesn't seem right, but I'm really comfortable there. Um, yeah. And I guess this leads me to the next thing. Like how difficult is it to coach a guy who maybe does things that are, that are not traditional or that, um, you know, go against kind of some of the things you were taught or the way you wrestled or, you know, the way you would typically instruct your team to, to wrestle. Yeah, no, that's for sure. And, and that's, it's, it's hard. It's hard for me. You know what I mean? Um, because yeah, there are certain things that I, you know, I, I see as, um, what quality wrestling is and what it looks like, but I guess, you know, now, you know, over the years, right. Being around so many people who bring different skill sets and just learning to appreciate that and then work with them to add to that, right. You never want to try to change a guy. You don't want to take him something he is at the core of his being and you could totally change him, but you do want to add to it. You know, like you want to add to that in a positive way. And so finding that way is, is, is necessary. You know, and I'll go back. We've got a guy like shop with his series. He's got some different stuff. It's great stuff. It wasn't around when I was around, but I wish it was right. Like that stuff's good stuff. So I've been super happy that, you know, shop's been on our staff and I've been able to pick up a lot of that top stuff and how he goes about his business. Uh, having Daniel Lewis, you know, a lot of his stuff, you know, could be a little unorthodox and I'm sure I'll take some more stuff from both, uh, you know, a guy like, you know, Wolf, 
and Ramos. Like you should be learning from your athletes, right? That should never stop. That should always continue to happen. So I guess now I've, I've probably learned to appreciate that more than, than before and then still try to add to it because as a coach, I still have minimums, right? Like there's still minimums in my mind from position and skill sets that you have to have mastered in this sport. So I want to make sure that we continue to add those things to what a, a young man does. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to change who you are, but I, I want to add to what else you may be missing uh, and that will have allow you to have even better success. Um, not to be forgotten, a few other guys to mention who went 2-0 on the weekend. Devin Schroeder came out, won a couple matches. Uh, Parker Phileas came out, won a couple matches. Uh, Trey Crucy got his first career varsity dual win. That was nice yep. out at Ryder. He, uh, he stepped in for Alec White after he got hurt and, uh, and stepped up. Um, Max Lyon, 2-0, a yep. couple of, couple of gutsy wins. Um, and, uh, and Thomas Panola came out and he looked, Thomas looked great. Um, yep. in, uh, and, you know, got an injury default in the first match and, uh, and then, uh, you know, took out a rank guy and Matt Carrenti in, uh, yep. in the, the nightcap at Ryder. So, um, yep. And uh, the interesting thing, uh, side note, most people probably remember two years ago, Tom had an instrumental win over Carrenti, who was at the time at Rutgers. Yep. They, they have some history, right? Like they were both up at heavyweight that year and Tom had to win a slugfest of a match that night to put us in position to win the duel, you know, later on. And he did. And this time they were both down at 97 and, and he, he, he dominated the match. You know what I mean? Like he sure. controlled start to finish and um, you know, in my opinion, dominated the match all the way through. So uh Good to see that, you know, with some guys who had some history and it was a nail biter match the first time they wrestled a couple of years ago when Corinthian was at Rutgers. Yeah, it was heated at Rutgers. That was a tight one. And uh, it was funny because you saw, I don't know if you noticed this, Tony, but um, when they did the introductions and the guys go out and shake hands, like there was definitely a familiarity there. They look, you know, they, you know, Corinthian was there, you know, was, you know, shook his hand and, you know, almost said nice to see a type of deal. Um, yeah. but, uh, no, Tom, uh, Tom, it was, it was definitely very different from the first meeting and, uh, you know, his first match of the day against, uh, Sean O'Malley from, from Drexel, uh, that bat, that match got a little chippy early and yeah. that didn't seem to work out for, uh, for Tom's opponent. He, um, you know, he got the penalty point for, for swinging some, some, some ties in a little, little firm and, uh, and Tom said, okay it's going to be that <laughs> if it's going to be that kind of party, well, we can, we can do that too. And yeah, yeah Tom's a guy who, uh, who really embraces that kind of a, kind of a match, you know? So uh, yeah, I thought that was interesting. That's an interesting choice of a, of an opponent to take that you know, uh, approach, I guess. I find, if, it, I find it so hard to believe that a Tom Panola match got a little chippy. Yeah, I know. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> But no, we were, we were watching it and we're like, is this guy really going to do that? Like, oh, okay, he is. And then the injury default came like a minute later. So, mm -hmm. and it right. wasn't like Tom did anything dirty. Tom was just, Tom was just wrestling hard. Yep. It happens. That's all right. Yep. So, um, overall, a good trip. You know, we, it was not without its lack of adversity. We had a lot of things go sideways, uh, from yep. the rental car company to a, uh, an accident on the, on the freeway, on the way to, uh, on the way to Ryder. That was right in front of me. Um, I saw a taxi get its whole back half caved in 
Yeah, well, I heard you guys had glass flying at oh, you. Oh, everywhere. Yeah. No, the, like the back windows exploded. I was two cars behind it and Suflone was behind me. So it was, uh, it was intense, but uh, yeah, we, we managed to not get, not get tied up in that. And <laughs> well, and we were the last ones, right. We were bringing up the rear. So it was good. You guys had called and said, Hey, get over in the far right lane. <laughs> we, did skirt, we skirted it fairly well, but man, we rolled in. It's a, it's an eight o'clock duel. And because of the accident and just other things getting up there, we got up there at like seven Oh five. So yep. it's rolling in less than an hour before the duel. So when people talk, you know, when this is what happens on the road, you know, we did, we, the, 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 the rental car stuff was a nightmare getting in and getting stuff figured out. Uh, you had that huge pile up on the interstate going up to Jersey that night that delayed us. It, these are the things on the road. And like I said, our guys handled it well. Mm -hmm. you know, they showed up, they got warmed up again, hard and, uh, and, and let it roll and had, had a good duel, you know, a solid duel against uh rider, you know, when, and what was it? 33 to three, I think. So yep. Um, and had to had to wrestle out a couple of tough gritty wins. So these are things that should pay you back down the road. You know you can win, you can wrestle. You just gotta you know keep your frame of mind and 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 be ready to go. And they were for sure. Um, back on the road this weekend, heading over to Cleveland State for a dual Sunday with the Vikings. Um, but uh, you know, I'm looking forward to not doing the whole planes, trains, and automobiles thing. <laughs> Uh, give me that nice five hour bus ride where I can yeah. sit in my seat and, uh, just wait for us to get there. I'm, I'm looking forward to that trip. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, looking forward to a good match. Uh, yeah, Sunday afternoon. And then, and then back at home, I just throw it out. Everybody we need everybody in Holloway gym, uh, on the 21st, a lot of good wrestling. And so we definitely want to have a, a, a great home crowd for those three duels. Absolutely. Can't wait. I think that's all we got, Corey. Yeah, I think we're good. Tony, good luck this weekend. Thanks as always. Tana, good to see you. I can't wait to hear uh, the uh, the off-air versions of the stories that you just alluded to on that travel travel party. They're always we'll, a little more colorful that way, aren't bit, they? A little bit. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll do that later. Uh, until next week, Boiler Up.